Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about the American kettlebell swing, some of our favorite exercises, and should athletic trainers go back to physical therapy school. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Uh, we got a great episode today. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some great questions with our guest star of the episode, Sarah Polacco. What's up, Sarah? Hey, thanks for having me. Sarah is a strength coach at Achieve Fitness in Somerville, Boston. No, not Somerville, Boston. Somerville, Massachusetts, which is right outside Boston, for those that don't know. Uh, but she uh, she works at a gym with our friends Jason and Lauren of Achieve Fitness, who have probably one of the one of the gyms I respect uh, uh, the most, really anywhere, let alone kind of in this area. So um, good friends of ours. So uh, you know, Sarah's one of their um, highly skilled strength coaches. She's going to join us for some questions today. Uh, got Lenny Macrina from Champion as usual, and for the first time, we had two students now. So two students at the show. So what's up, guys? How's it going? We're pretty Doing good. Great. So Nick Shoemaker. Schumacher. Schumacher. I'm just kidding. We were just teasing him about that. The, shoe, the Schumacher. <laughs> the Schumacher. <laughs> we had uh, Nick here from BU, Boston University, uh, joining us again. And we have a new one now. We have Evan Hogger from Sac State in California. So uh, one of his professors is a good friend of Lenny and I's, uh, Rafael Escamilla, but really, uh, really good program out there in Sac State. So he's in Boston with us for a little bit. So, uh, so we, have, we have two students now. Yeah, unusual. It's very unusual that we have two students. So, I like uh, it. It's pretty good. How do, how do we decide how they, how they, why? We have more than one therapist. Why can't we have two students? We have a very small space, so we're very uh, limited. I thought there was yeah. something you're trying yeah. to hide. No. And so, um, how do we decide who reads the questions? What do we do? Well, I, I think episodes, they maybe? thumb wrestled or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I, I won the thumb <laughs> wrestle. You already thumb wrestled? <laughs> well, we, yesterday. Right? Honestly, no, that was for nothing okay. else. Thumb wrestle, so you go. Cheating. Go. Yeah, undefeated. Oh, uh oh. Send a little helper. Three down. Okay. Three okay. Count. One, two, three. Nick loses. All right, Evan, yeah. you're up. Sweet. What do we got today? Here we go. First question. What are some of your favorite exercises you often recommend for your fitness clients? And then second part to that, what have the biggest bang for your buck? All right, so what are some of our favorite exercises for our clients in the gym that have the biggest bang for the buck? Why don't we go... I don't know, you want to pick a couple? Let's go, we'll go around the room. I want to hear from you guys, too. Sarah, you want to start? Um, so we always write programs for everybody, so nobody's doing anything random, so we always make sure that it's really well-programmed. But I think the two that have the biggest bang for their buck are a kettlebell swing and a Turkish get-up. It really covers everything. You get power, you get strength out of it, um, you get lower body, upper body, core. It's the biggest bang for your buck. All right, so kettlebell swings, Turkish get-ups. Mm -hmm. What's the percentage of your clientele that get those? that get those so we start them off very early it also depends on the individual very much of what their goals are um how skilled they are with with fitness like how long they've been working out 
Um, but we'll start them off really easy with the Turkish get There's a lot of steps, so we might have them do step one and two in their first program, and then we'll do three, four at the next and just kind of tax them on. Um, same thing with a swing. We'll have them do an intro class, so take, their, take real time to give it to them step by step, and then they can do it in their class or do it in a program. So the majority of your clients will get them eventually. It's majority. just when do they get them. Yeah. That, because that exactly. makes sense. So yeah. there's some things you want to do. All right, so let's well, let's talk about each then. So the swing, why is the swing, why is it so bang for your buck? So the swing is awesome because it gives you, it gets you power and strength and really, really works on lower body. So um, thing with a swing is you can, you know, not deadlift for like months and work on swings and your deadlift will go up. Um, you're also going to really get good core workout while you're doing a um, a kettlebell swing because you have to stay really, really tight at the top of the kettlebell swing. Um, and yeah, they're just awesome and fun. <laughs> okay, and then how about the get-up then? Why, why is the get-up so bang for your buck, just to use that terminology? So the get-up, for anybody who doesn't know what a Turkish get-up is, is you basically start lying down on the ground to a, and you go up to a standing position and then go back down to the ground um, while holding a kettlebell overhead. Um, so it might not be ideal for somebody who doesn't have very good overhead uh, mobility, but for the rest of the population, it's really good because you're focused on going through each step. Um, so you basically have to go, it's really working on coordination, um, but you have to use every single part of your body in order to get from the ground up right. and then back down again. Yeah, I like that. And I would, I, I, I would... I would say that's, you know, that makes sense. Like you have to, when you're talking about general fitness, there's so much that goes into it. It's not just strength. It's not just power. It's not just agility or endurance or whatever it may be. And something like the, the get up would, would be something that requires a lot of those to kind of work together to, to master, I guess. Exactly. <clears throat> so if you get good at that, you end up getting good at a lot of things. Exactly. So, I like that because like you said, a lot of people don't have that overhead mobility. So they're working towards doing a full get-up, so you are working towards improving their overhead mobility and then breaking down the get-up into its, you know, many pieces, and then you can work on stuff that way, and then they see other people doing a full get-up, and, like, they say, I want to do that, and it just, yeah. it turns into, like, a fun time and a progressive, you know, thing. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but to answer my question, yeah, hear my PT, my PT side, so I get away from that, is... The question was fitness, but I correct, like Correct, but I want the PT. PT side, I like that. squat and a, a hip hinge, a hinge pattern. So Why? I think squatting is functional. Obviously, every day we're squatting and anything, sitting and standing. Um, so I think that's an important thing, working on quads, hips. We're always working on that uh, as PTs. Uh, most people that we see have some, some kind of knee pain, uh, knee surgery, something like that. So improving that. And then also the hip hinge pattern will help to break down. will get to the very core of, say, a, a kettlebell swing or a deadlift. And I think that's a tough concept for people to understand is to get the – did I just do that? I think I just did that. Uh, the, the hip hinge pattern. And do People don't understand how to do it. So I think it's it, for me. It's fun to break it down and to improve that for people. That makes. And sense. then I can pro- progress into high level stuff. Yeah, and, and I think you said it really well at the beginning. It's functional, right? So squatting right. and hinging are functional. We hinge real poorly. So you know, right. just as a society, we're not hinging well because we're sitting and we have crappy posture all the time. So, um, what do you guys think? You guys have any opinions? If you had just, to pick one from the student's perspective, just like total. <clears throat> Biggest muscle mass. I, I love the single arms, single arm snatch. Okay. Just because wow. I wasn't expecting. It. I know you didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> <laughs> love that, love that exercise. It's explosive, but it's not 
as technical as a, a barbell snatch. Right. And so it's you're six, using a kettlebell or, so a, dumbbell. A, or a dumbbell. Or a dumbbell. Yeah, dumbbell. Okay. Yeah. But also, like, it's exposed to, like, a clean, but you're not going to those provocative, you know, wrist-extended positions that are difficult to train and, you know, tough for your overhead athletes to get into. What do you think, Evan? So I think I would go back. I would go with the kettlebell swing. Yeah. For a you, lot you're going to agree. Oh, you can't agree. I thought we had to come up with something new. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it is. It's a good, it's a huge bang for your buck right. exercise because, yeah. you know, it has so much in it. Um, I guess, heck, you're, you guys are stealing all the uh, the good answers. I'll just do it kind of quick and just be contrarian maybe. I don't know if that's the right terminology for this, but um, how about just like shoulder external rotation? So, <laughs> well, so, and body <laughs> Something really lame. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think that's one of those things that should be in the majority of our clients programs is you know as an accessory or as a warm-up or something like that but we are so weak posteriorly with the shoulder that shoulder external rotation just becomes so key to be able to stabilize overhead and to do all these other things it's you know to, to me it's one of the easiest kind of low-hanging fruit to kind of grab so i guess i'd say that but i don't know all right what's all right. next evan what do so you think the next question yeah sure so the segue was for the kettlebell thing so this question is from tony in toronto what are your thoughts on the American kettlebell swing versus traditional kettlebell swing? And then second part, is there a difference? <laughs> and do you prefer one over the other? Okay, I like that question. All right, so... Tony, we just dis- discussed this uh, Monday in our staff meeting. So oh, that's right, we, we did. Uh, we forgot it about that. Come up. Yeah, so, so, yeah. Good timing, Tony. All right, so <laughs> so what's the difference between the American kettlebell swing and, and what's our preferences? So, um, Sarah, you want to take this one? I yeah, think, sure. I think we all agree, but uh, yeah. let's, let's hear it from your perspective. <laughs> um, so the big difference is that with a uh, Russian-style kettlebell swing, you stop. You don't go any higher than the shoulder height. With American-style, you go all the way up overhead. Um, I strongly prefer the um, <laughs> Russian style. Um, you know, they've been doing, Russians have been doing kettlebell swings since like the 1800s, maybe even the 1700s. And then I think the kettle, kettlebells came to the U.S. in like like 50 years ago. And then Americans were just like, we're going to change this because why not? Um, you know, they've been doing it this way for a long time for a reason. Um, when you go into overhead, it one, this is not a very good position for your shoulders, um, so it can be damaging, and it also tends to put people into extension, which can then hurt your low back. Um, and also, if you wanted to go into an overhead position, you might as well just do a kettlebell snatch, which is much better being here than here. So yeah. I don't really see the point. Definitely a better position with the snatch. Your hands just, with the American kettlebell swing with the way your hands are positioned overhead is just super awkward. That's just not the way it just doesn't, we don't function that well, you know, and that complete sagittal plane overhead as much as kind of more scapular where like the the snatch tends to occur like kind of more here versus completely overhead. But yeah, sorry. Exactly. Yeah. No, you you were just backing up exactly what I was saying. So yeah, yeah, I definitely prefer doing standard Russian style Okay. What I mean, any other any any other benefits you think of of that? I mean, so you talked about some of the negatives of the American. Sure. What about benefits of the Russian? Yeah. Um, so you can do a lot more weight. Um, you know, I've seen people my size. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a buck twenty soaking wet. Um, and I've seen people swing a kettlebell that's a that's a hundred pounds. Um, you can't do that overhead. That's impossible. So you yeah. can definitely get, you can swing a lot more weight. Um, it's just going to, it's, you're not going to get hurt. 
um, <laughs> um, you're a lot less likely to get hurt. So I think it's just overall much better exercise. Yeah, and I, I think it, it kind of fosters a little bit more core control, so an anterior core control, so you avoid that hyperextension that you talked about as being yeah. a negative, which is which is a good drill. I mean, you want to do that. Um, I think that's an important one. I would also say with the American one, too, sometimes like the force vector to be able to produce that much force to get the bell all the way up overhead kind of turns a little more squatty sometimes instead of hinge-based. Um, I've seen that a little bit with the American style, but, you know, yeah, it's just, for me, I think, I, I honestly, I think you, you said it really well. The American seems uh, a little bit more uh, irritable, I think would be a good way of saying it. I don't think dangerous is the right word. It's, it's certainly, you know, not necessarily that, but it's much easier to irritate yourself. Um, and you lose kind of the benefits of the core control from, uh, from doing the Russian style where you stop at your shoulder, so... Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think that kind of summarizes it well. I mean, we certainly, we don't do American style here. Do you? No, never. So, so we do Russian style here at Champion. That's what they do at Achieve. I think that's that's pretty common. Yeah. Um, so that's good. And Sarah's, you know, you have some strong first uh, Yeah. No uh, way experience. a strong first does anything overhead. That would, that would make Pavel very mad. Yeah. So I, sh- I should have said that earlier too, but Sarah has some experience with strong first too, not just uh, not just a, a strength coach, but also has some additional kettlebell training that she's gone through. So I should have said that too. But, um, but yeah, no, I think that, that, that hits it pretty good. What's number three? So the last one's kind of a long one. I'll paraphrase a little bit, but this guy is Brad in Dayton, Ohio. He's an athletic trainer who's been practicing for five years. Um, He's taking prerequisites because he wants to go back to PT school, but he's kind of worried that that's going to waste three years of his life. Um, So he wants to know your thoughts, and he wants to know if he should take the plunge or not, and then he doesn't want any PC answers. Okay. Um, Personal computer? That's a PC. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, (laughs) So... So he's an athletic oh, okay. trainer. Athletic trainer has right. to take three years worth of. So no, he's taking prerequisites, but he doesn't oh. want to. He wants to know if he should go back to PT school, which would be a three-year commitment. Absolutely. If you I want mean, to be a physical you therapist, be a physical <laughs> therapist. Yeah. if, you, if right. you'd like to be an I athletic trainer. I did that. Uh, was it Brad? Brad. 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 I did that. I had like a life-changing, you know, epiphany. But not from an athletic trainer. No. Right. So you have a background already. I think you have like you're beating me. Yeah, I was. Ideal. Yeah. I was doing like research in a lab and uh, testing like wastewater in Boston and uh, went back to Pete had to take all the all the classes to get in all the prereqs and then I went back in and got my my it was a master's degree so it took two and a half years but I think that extra half year is worth it compared to me and come out and you know, be a PT and use your ATC background so if you want to be a PT, if you want to be a PT right. sounds yeah. like you do and sounds like you're thinking about a career change and yeah. depending on your private situation and finances and all that you can handle that but I think definitely consider it I think it's a a great profession, and you know, I did it. I'm living it. Um, so uh, you paraphrased a little bit. Right. Um, give me more info. I feel like we didn't so, get, we didn't get the full no. girth of what he's asking. His disclaimer at the end is that he's proud to be an athletic trainer, but the truth is that it's going to be difficult under his current title. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, heck, you should be proud to be an athletic yeah. trainer. I mean, yeah. that's great. I mean, they're they're two different professions. I think there's some mild overlap in some of the services provided, but it's two different professions. You know. So I, I you know, I wouldn't say physical therapy or athletic training is better than one another. It just goes down to to what you're passionate about and what you want to do during the day. I think so. I you mean, can do both. You you have the beauty of like treating patients from eight to five, and then go covering some kind of game maybe after school six o'clock seven o'clock game on a weekend i think it's i think it's a great thing use both your skills and yeah highly marketable and you know clinics may want to hire you if not take it to a higher level with other teams and colleges 
Yeah, yeah, exa- both, exactly. Probably. If you have the resources to, um, you know, become both, then it, like, yeah, you, now you have two professions. So I, I think it just comes down to what you're passionate. Don't worry about what you know what people are telling you. Just worry about what you want to do with your life. I think that'd be a good way of saying it. Mm-hmm. So good. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Good work, Evan. I like it. Thank you so much to Sarah for joining us on this episode. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Sarah. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. So if you have any questions, just go to uh, MikeReynolds.com and click on the podcast link. Um, try to send us some, some great questions. You guys are doing a good job. Uh, and if you're enjoying the show, we'd appreciate just a, a little bit of a rating and maybe um, a review on uh, iTunes. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinald.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.